Hey guys, welcome to a podcast that is not the Begging Boardcast. Uh, it's John and I together again, bringing you the third episode of The Movie Fix. Like I said up at the front, I'm Chris. I'm John. This is The Movie Fix. We're so good at doing these. Uh, it's been a little bit since we've recorded one of these. Uh, those other two episodes are still available over on our podcast feed. Check them out if you want to hear us talk about The Mandalorian Season 2, as well as Bill and Ted... Save the music? I'm blanking on the name of that now. Yeah, me too. Fight? That's not fight the music. Bill and Ted? I don't know. Maybe we should just drink some more. Bill and Ted face across the, the music. Face the music. Face that the music. was it. Yeah. It's been months since I watched that. That's back when everything was shut down and I was like, it was almost a year ago, right? Yeah. Ooh, yeah. It's been a long time. But today we're going to be talking about something a little bit more recent. Uh show that's still going on. That's going to be the Disney Plus MCU. Uh, WandaVision. There will be spoilers in this for the first four episodes. Episode number four just came out today. We'll probably be getting this up within the next day or two. So everything will still be relevant. So if you haven't seen that episode yet, maybe maybe wait until uh, afterwards and then pop this in your ear holes. Yeah, yeah, I would, I would definitely wait. Um, I would wait. I don't know. I took a long dramatic pause. Uh, but yeah, like Chris said, spoilers. I I had a million things going through my head, like beer. We already talked about spoilers. Um, yeah, that's why I get yeah, in, front, are... in front of the spoilers at the beginning, because I'm excited <laughs> exactly. to talk about this show, especially after episode number four. Yeah, definitely. Um, but Chris and I are both drinking Sierra Nevada's Big Little Thing IPA, Imperial IPA. Um, Chris and I talked a second before we started recording just how... It's nine ninety nine for a six pack, and it's a nine percent uh, double IPA, which is pretty great pricing for a double IPA. Yeah, and if I didn't see that this was nine percent on the case when I picked it up and put it in my shopping basket. I would have guessed that. Like, I haven't had any of the other little big hazy. Uh, yeah, they have hazy little beers, thing, but... which is a decent hazy ipa it's not super hazy but it's a little juicy um they have a wild little thing that is like a strawberry and something else sour which is okay um and then this is the third part of that but the the hazy little thing is pretty huge like it sells as well or sometimes a little bit better than their flagship pale ale um so i I kind of like a nice, like, this is a nice, affordable beer. And Hazy Little Thing is, again, a nice, affordable beer. Um, and the fact that, like, it's a double for 10 bucks is is pretty great pricing, and it's really good. Um, yeah, it's a just great, nice, drinkable beer. Like, you are saying up before we started recording, there's, like, a nice maltiness to it. It kind of has, like, a little bit of that tropical hit that just... Nice little juiciness that kind of keeps me going back to it. Yeah. And you can still tell that it's a Sierra Nevada beer. Yeah, but it's not like... It's that hot profile, but it's not overly hot like some of the stuff. Like the last time when we actually had their Sierra Nevada celebration, like coming up around Christmas time. um, For the movie fix. For the movie fix, yeah. It's it's been a bit. Um, 
Yeah, I think this is more in line with the Sierra Nevada beers that I like to enjoy. Because, yeah. again, like, we didn't sit down and start, like, truly talking to, like, probably about, like, 20 minutes ago. And I'm already almost all the way through this. Like, I will probably yeah. be cracking open another one just for the rest of this show. Because, spoilers for this show, uh, we're going to be recording a second episode tonight and have a different beer for that one. So, I, I think I'm going to want more of this yeah i i if i had i didn't buy a six pack but if i had bought a six pack of this i would not be unhappy i'd be actually pretty thrilled about it um just like i am pretty thrilled with wandavision um so this is our first marvel tv show coming from marvel on disney plus um not one of the kind of licensed out to other um, other stations, uh, but this is uh, all directed by Mark Shackman, um, with various various writers. Um, creating credit goes to uh, Jack Schaefer. Um, who worked on all nine episodes, and then basically um, different different writers for the rest uh, for the rest of the episodes. Um, but this is this starts with Wanda and Vision in the fifties TV show, and same kind of opening you'd have in the fifties, black and white. Um, what is it? A four point blah 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 um, like the aspect ratio stuff aspect ratio whatever that is and I mean the first episode I guess we'll just talk each episode yeah I'm, comes, I'm okay but, with that just kind of work our way through it but it has that like little bit of that honeymooners feel but I got such a like a Dick Van Dyke just like dropping her through the door he kind of instead of tripping even in that opening thing instead of tripping on the stool like Dick Van Dyke does he walks through it a vision walks through it um, but yeah this is Wanda and Vision in a 50s sitcom yeah uh, first episode again came out January 15th um, they put out episode number one and two at the same time which I'm really glad they did and I think they realize that they do have to kind of get people's attention. <laughs> and after I watched both of those episodes, when I was talking to people at work about it the next day, my big takeaway and review of it was like, it's weird. And I think if I had just gotten that first episode where it was very sitcom-y, um, it would have been kind of difficult to formulate an opinion just based off of that episode alone. So I'm glad I had episode two which kind of added more depth and detail to the story while still leaving some of those little like nugget-sized mysteries that kind of are at the heart of the story because you do want to see more of Wanda and Vision together. You want to know how they got to this spot, though, and I like seeing the progression of that story through these first four episodes. Yeah, and they delivered exactly... Like, it wasn't like, oh, it's going to be Wanda and Vision through different TV things with an underlying mystery. And then when you watch it, it's kind of that. It is 100% that. Like, 
how they sold it is how they delivered it. And so far, I've been very happy. There is a feeling like, oh, you know, do I want it a little darker? Do I want this or that? But I think it's everything is done so far has been done right. Like it just it feels right. Like you said, there is a little bit of this unsettling kind of feeling to it. There's like a Stepford Wivesness to it that's kind of yeah. just it exists there under under the surface because we know that things aren't right. And as you progress through the series, you're starting to realize more and more that the people in Westview themselves maybe realize things aren't right. And I'm excited to be four episodes into this, but still have questions that need to be answered. Like, there's still a mystery here. And the closest thing I think I can compare this to is actually one of our favorite shows, Lost. Because I thought the same thing. every single episode gives you another piece to the puzzle. This is how I said it earlier. Another piece to the puzzle. But when you're putting that piece in the puzzle, you realize, okay, well, no longer is this puzzle square. It's actually a rectangle because it's getting wider. It's getting deeper. It's getting bigger. Um, and I think that... Let me see. I just wanted to double check something. Each one of these episodes so far have been 30 minutes or under, which I think is the perfect time for it because it does give it time to kind of bask in that, like, oh, Mary Tyler Moore sitcom universe. And then, oh, you're getting, like, your Brady Bunch in, like, the 70s. I don't need a lot of that kind of goofiness because as much as I like seeing Wanda and Vision in that universe, I really want to know, like, the bigger story. So... If they're spending 20 minutes on that and then you get 10 minutes of someone kind of snapping out of it, coming to a little bit, or those little glitches where Wanda's rewrite, uh, rewriting history and like changing time, like those are the moments that I live for in the show. And that's, I think, what made episode number three, uh, Now in Color, my favorite episode up until today's number four. Uh, we interrupt <laughs> this program because... Episode number three has such a break in it that you really start to see the walls kind of crumble down around the mystery and Wanda. And even as much as seeing that, it started making me ask more questions because I was like, all right, how in control is she of everything? And we got a little bit more answer on that with today's episode number four. But I still don't know like how like how in control she is, if she's being controlled if a lot of this is coming from her subconscious, like it's it's baffling to be halfway through a series and still be like, I don't know what's going on, man. Well, I, I definitely agree. And that's I th when we talked a little bit this afternoon just through a couple messages where <clears throat> I said, are we going to do episode four tonight when we talk about this? And you're like, yeah, you can watch it. And then like 45 minutes later was, holy crap, you need to watch it. And I was like, well, I'm actually sitting down on my lunch right now to watch it and took an extendo luncho to finish it. As, as you um, are wont to do. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then I watched it again before we, I came down to record this with, with Caitlin, just because I finally got her to sit down and watch him. And she was kind of against watching it till I, was three episodes in and then explained to her what was going on. And she's like, Oh, that sounds fun. Like, yeah, I'll watch that. Like some kind of mystery, but each episode's a different time period of TV show. And then I didn't have time to talk to her about the fourth episode, but 
it just seemed like it was the right time to break from the format of each episode a time frame of TV and this is when you see what the real world is doing and it just felt it just felt right in the story progression to have that yeah having that kind of little breather from the time periods um, is something that I think I needed to because the fact that I was so excited about those little breaks in the universe and finding out more about that big story like to have a full episode devoted just to that that really it's just starts off with a bang too with um monica rambeau daughter of maria rambeau from uh captain marvel actually coming back from being snapped away in a hospital where everyone else is happening to just return at the same time and then we find out that she works for sword the sentient world uh observation response department which i think is awesome getting like this kind of step into the new current marvel cinematic universe um awesome that sword set up in the old shield headquarters i don't know if you realize that when she was like walking in like that's the courtyard where yeah. uh, captain america falls through in um winter soldier awesome seeing that um seeing agent Wu from uh ant-man come back He's mastered close-up magic when he makes his business card appear. I, I, I was going to say, did you catch that? <laughs> oh, I, I caught that, and I had, like, an audible response to it. <laughs> and I had to go back and, like, explain it to Yanni why I was so, like, oh, man, like, perfect. <laughs> he just wants to be Scott's friend so bad <laughs> that I hope I hope whenever we do get, like, Ant-Man and the Wasp, like, Quantumania, like... He is back in it, and he has now earned his stripes that he can, like, hang out with Scott. Like, they're buddies. Like, they're going out to get a beer or something. Like, I want more of those characters together. Um, <clears throat> and then I'm blanking on Kat Dennings, Darcy, whatever her character's uh, last name is. Yeah. I don't think, you know, it probably is listed, but I don't remember. Um, <coughs> Darcy Lewis. Darcy Lewis, thank you. Um now an astrophysicist. She's no longer an intern working with Jane Foster. She's an expert in her own field, but still not way down. She's still she's still a doctor. You know, she's yeah. the character that you know from Thor and Thor the Dark World. Um, I like I liked her much more in this because she she wasn't used she wasn't used as comic relief, but she was used as a character that has comedic timing in it you know well and i think it's fun too the fact that she's the one that glimpses like yes there's a bunch of radiation present in westview you know it's part of what's blocking like people from getting in there and like remembering it which again it's i forget the abbreviation for it but it's basically a radiation signature that was present at the big bang which also present at the Big Bang was the Infinity Stones. Like, we know that was part of it. So it makes sense why Wanda's able to have all that power and why there are traces of it there, too. Um, And they even say cosmic, they say cosmic something, too, when they're talking about it. um, And then, outside of that, she's the one that discovers there's that underlying frequency, too, that just is a TV broadcast. And she's watching WandaVision alongside of us. And it's the fact that she's 
not necessarily investigating what's going on, but she's also invested in the show, I think, kind of lends that, like, every madness to Darcy. We're like, oh, yeah, like, I'm I'm right there with you. And then the bigger picture with S.W.O.R.D. trying to track down, okay, who are these people? Oh, you know, Herb's being played by, you know, this person. You know, Norm's, oh, this guy. Um, I like that they're piecing things together. And I hope we do see more of sword in the background of episodes i don't want them to do like another full block episode kind of in the middle of the story if they're able to kind of jump back and forth between the sitcom worlds and the you know quote-unquote real world i'm here for it but if they decide like okay we get three more episodes of wanda and vision in their perfect tv life and then we get another sword based episode that's taking a look back at those previous three that's filling in more of those I'm still okay with that. Um, I think this was a way for them to give you the view of what those, what the outside world is trying to do. So I think you, for like now we might have them split with most of the episode revolving around Wanda and Vision, and then interspliced them trying to break in or do whatever. Um, but I did enjoy like how the reality how it changes like that guy went in from sword crawling in a hazmat suit and everything and he comes out in this beekeeper's outfit and like the rope that was attached to him turns into an old like the old jump rope that we had in in elementary school uh even like the drone that monica sends in at the beginning that's what turned into the toy helicopter that wanda found in episode was it one was it episode one two was it two? two okay they're all kind of blurring together, especially because I watched one and two back to back. I like that it is answering those questions and giving depth to it so much. And it's doing it in such a good way. I feel that if you do know somebody that watched episode one or episodes one and two and were like, I just don't get it, man. You show them episode four and then they go back and then they watch episode three and they're like, okay, yeah, now, now, now this clicks because this is a Marvel Cinematic universe property and it does have those production values to it like everything that they're doing with the effects and the casting and their production design it's all on point oh it's i mean every every you know every 10 year kind of jump that they have like that 50s episode is so 50s it's i love lucy it's you know um uh, Dick Van Dyke, and then the next, you know, the 60s is that bewitched, I Dream a Genie kind of feel. And they do such a great job on that. And I was talking to some people, like I was talking to a kid that literally I think is like 19 or 20 years old. And he was like, mm, yeah, I don't really get it. And I was like, you didn't, you, you didn't grow up on the same reruns that I did. Like your your reruns are what I watched like live, but I grew up watching like Andy Griffith reruns, watching Bewitched, watching you know, you know Honeymooners. I love Lucy. Like I'd go and spend a week at my grandparents every you know every every summer. I'd spend a couple weeks there, and that's all my grandfather did was like afternoon TV. He was like. No, I watch reruns all day. Like, <laughs> I'd sit with them and watch, boom, 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 and like 
hey, when uh, I Dream a Genie starts, that's when I go make my burrito and I eat it with six, six green olives. And then we come back and then we watch Perry Mason. Like, it was just one of those things that, you know, I, I just grew up on those reruns. So these things feel so reminiscent. And I think that's the exact same thing as why Wanda is living her life through these is because she grew up watching the same reruns that I did, you know? And there's just this connection I feel to that as someone who can totally understand the nature of those reruns. Yeah, one of the things that I'm looking forward to is in the upcoming episodes when they do get into like the 80s and 90s sitcoms because I was aware of 50s, 60s, and 70s television. It's never something that I gravitated towards, but if it was on in the morning when I you know, was homesick from school or Saturday morning, that's what's on after cartoons in the news. Like, there's, like, I Love Lucy reruns on. That's fine. Or, like, Nick at Night stuff. We've talked about this on Bagging Board proper. Um, but Full House is one of my all-time favorite TV shows. So I'm looking <laughs> forward to the time when we get to kind of, like, relive that 80s nostalgia TV show. Like, your like your TGIF stuff, you know, um, getting back to that. And then they did say in one of, like, the press things that I watched because a lot of this stuff's available on YouTube if you just like check for it where uh, Paul Bettany and <coughs> excuse me um, Elizabeth Olsen are actually talking about like the work and the stuff that went into it um, he said that definitely as they get into the more like current sitcom stuff like the 90s and 2000s you're going to see the characters become a lot more cynical and it is going to keep playing with that type of humor that's available. And again, I grew up on 80s and 90s sitcom shows. I do still love like the 2000s stuff like Modern Family, which I think we're going to see a little bit of since Marvel is owned by Disney. Disney owned ABC, which did Modern Family. Um, and then stuff like Malcolm in the Middle. That's like one of the best 90s sitcoms ever. Like they'd be wrong <laughs> to not like have some kind of like that weird, funky, like quirky humor. Which I think they could do well, even just looking back at the stuff that they've done previously on like the first three episodes. Uh, yeah, and like <laughs> if you look, if you go onto IMDb and you look up the episode names and titles, um, they have little pictures that kind of hit those seasons or those those time frames, and like the um, the one after we interrupt this program, episode five is that Halloween one, which takes place in the 70s. And then episode six has a picture of Wanda kind of looked a little frazzled, and then she's, like, wearing a flannel and stuff, which makes me think it's, it, to me, it's very, like, Roseanne. Yeah, I see that. Um, and then the other ones definitely seem like there's more, definitely that modern feel to it. But, I mean, again, ABC, Roseanne, like, that's another that's another one of their kind of things. So I can see it being very Rosanny. I can see it being that full housey, especially with the, the twins that yeah. are born in episode three. Uh, uh, it, it's fun that, cause, and this isn't my original thought. I bear no claim to it, but I saw like a meme online that was like, I can't wait for the episode of WandaVision that's based off of Full House where. Uh, Wanda has twins who are played by different actors who are portraying siblings when she herself is a sibling to 
the actors that portray twins on Full House kind of thing. <laughs> I, it was like an Ouroboros where it's like talking in circles. Um, I I, don't know, I love this show. Um, this is one of the ones that I was most looking forward to coming out from everything that they announced for Disney+. Plus. Uh, even when we did our 2021 look for episode of Bag and Board, check for that one out. Uh, we recorded that right before the show started up, and as much as I'm looking forward to Falcon and Winter Soldier, because I think that one's going to be fantastic as well, I don't think that one's going to have the same kind of draw that this one does for me, where it's like each week it's like, oh man, I can't wait to watch the next episode, like what's going to happen? I think that's just going to be a good, entertaining, action-packed show that, like Mandalorian, where I just want to yeah. watch it because I really dig it. This, though, is that mystery. It's that wanting to know what the next little, like, tweak's going to be on it. And, I yeah, Falcon and Winter Soldier is going to be action-packed, maybe some espionage, super, very superhero-y kind of a show, where this is definitely not that. And that's also kind of why I'm looking forward to Loki as well, because Loki doesn't feel like it's going to be your normal show. Like, to me, that reminds me of Time Bandits, like him hopping all over the place and it's going to be crazy. I'm, this... I'm now, after seeing like four episodes of WandaVision, I might be a little bit more excited for Loki than I was originally, because seeing how they're playing through different time periods, but they're still kind of sticking to that Marvel like weird pseudoscience magic stuff, I think Loki could perform to that level as well um i'm still not 100 percent sold on it though but i am cautiously optimistic after four episodes of wandavision see the the one that i think would have the biggest letdown would be falcon and winter soldier because if the action just doesn't seem good enough or if the villain or how they play things like I think there's more there's more chance to be let down in that because you expect more of it mm. with those characters. This one WandaVision through you know mystery with every episode is a different time period of TV. How can you, like there's not too much you can do to screw that up if you're not capturing that production value of each season. And like the fact that the house changes every time and the house always doesn't feel like it doesn't feel it doesn't feel real especially like when you look at how big their house is from the outside and then what you only see on the inside how tiny it is like that i just think that's really amusing and that again is that early tv show and like um episode three when Vision is outside the house talking to um, his neighbor. Herb, and, Who, who's uh, my favorite, and I absolutely <laughs> love him. I, I and then I hope Herb makes it through okay. I don't know him, and then the I, again, I'm bad. Like I don't remember these characters because you you know who they are, like, but they're background characters. The dude with the mustache, he's a national treasure, and he needs to make it through this unscathed too. Um, Phil Phil Jones, Phil. Uh, played by David uh, Lengel. Um, um, he's fantastic. Like even in the last episode, episode number three, I mean by that, um, when Wanda's giving birth and her, all of her powers are 
kind of manifesting and there's flooding happening in people's houses like the electricity is going out and his wife walks in the room and she's like do these earrings make me look fat and then the lights go out and he's like oh thank god i love that like that works um even in the second episode when wanda and vision are doing their magic show and vision picks up the piano and then wanda like magics it so it's like oh it's just a cardboard cutout and then he's just like that was my grandmother's piano like <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what it is about him but I absolutely love everything about him. Well, even in the first ep- in the first episode, when he's like, "We had a five chord deal," and he called that entertainment. It was a string quartet. Like he does, he's got a really good delivery. He's perfect for that. But um, when Herb's talking to uh, Catherine Hahn with her uh, Agnes, is it Agnes? Yes. Um, with uh, her Agnes character. I love is like you can tell that it's just a painting behind them like yeah. it's not real and then you go and you look behind vision and again like it's just so not real and I absolutely love that touch of it's just a, a set and uh, I just think that's really this is really great about it so uh Switching gears a little bit, because you said what I think is the magic word, and something I want to talk about, too, was Agnes. Uh, overarching theme and character throughout all the episodes so far, noticeably absent from number four as they're starting to piece together what's happening in Westview. And I do think that was a calculated decision. Um, a lot of people have already speculated and like thrown theories out there online that she's the Marvel's Cinematic Universe equivalent of Agatha Harkness. Like, it's even there in her name, Agnes, Agatha Harkness. Like, it it builds together quite well. Um, and I like that theory that she's kind of the one that's there pulling the strings. Like, she wants to coerce or force Wanda into creating these kids so then she can have power People are throwing out the fact that maybe Mephisto could be the main villain for this. Maybe Nightmare is another one that I've seen out there too, which all interesting, um, especially since this show is going to be leading directly into Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. I have to say, I'm glad they're just kind of like dangling that mystery in front of us, like over who she is and what her actual goals are. Um, I wish number three had given us a little bit more because it seemed like in that moment where Herb and Agnes were talking to Vision there was a moment of clarity of everything that was going on there and they were ready to let a little bit more slip before Agnes shut Herb up um, it's it's fantastic and I have to say Catherine Hahn's been in a bunch of stuff that I've watched over the years but she's really selling it to me in WandaVision here and now I feel like I need to go back and revisit her and stuff like Parks and Rec because I feel like she was always just kind of one of those characters like when she showed up I'm like okay she's back again like it's like the political advisor uh, Jen her name's escaping me it's okay Um, but yeah Agnes is very interesting and that's another thread I'm looking for payoff on um yeah, and like they, everybody's talking about her brooch that she's wearing in all the episodes, um, where you can kind of see three figures on it. So you think that she might be one of the three witches or the three oracle kind of people that you saw in Thor, um, that Thor saw in Ultron. 
And then also Dottie Jones, everybody is speculating that it's like Arcana Jones, who is a Doctor Strange, um, another witch type character who's part of uh, Doctor Strange's gallery of people. That, um, I wouldn't be surprised if she's a little bit more prevalent. Um, Dottie's actually portrayed by Emma Caulfield, who, if you're a fan of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, you would know her as the demon-turned-Xander's girlfriend, Anya. Um, and she's actually worked with the show creator, Jack Sheffield, before, because she starred in one of the movies that she wrote, um, Timer. So I wouldn't be surprised if she put her in there because there is a bigger role for her to play, but it could also just be like one of those, like, hey, I got this project coming up. Do you want do you want a partner kind of thing? Well, the other thing that I thought was interesting about her character as well is at first I thought she was foreign. Like she mm-hmm. there's something off about her voice and how she's talking in it. And the second time I watched it, it just seems like it's really bizarrely du- like it's dubbed. Like it they didn't capture like you would in a TV sitcom like you didn't capture the right dialogue, so she's redoing the dialogue in it. Because there's something off about her speaking in it, which I... <coughs> gotcha. I haven't I don't gone know back I'd... to rewatch it, so I might I might check that out just to see. It just it just seems like there's something a little off about how she's how she's speaking in it. And um, at first, I just like I said, I just thought she was, I thought she was just like uh, foreign. She was foreign. Oh, and she's got a little bit of an accent. And then when I rewatched it, because I, I watched all the episodes, and then I, I watched all three episodes, then went back and watched all three again with my wife, which I'm kind of excited to finish the series and then go back and rewatch everything, knowing everything, and see where I little things that I missed, much like you and I have done with Lost. Uh, I'm still fine with us doing a Lost podcast at some point. Just saying. <laughs> I don't know. I... I I would love an excuse to go back and rewatch that whole show, but again, that's yeah. that's an undertaking. That's a lot of work. That's a that's definitely a commitment. That, uh, but I would do that a hundred percent. I I still I still love that show. I still think it's one of the greatest shows that uh, was on TV. Um, it, especially with how great streaming is. If Lost was on streaming, I think it would have been even better. Yeah, but it was like pre-streaming thought process. Like that's not normal network TV. Uh, but any- <laughs> anyways, uh, I going back and watching yeah. um, the series. Like you pick up more watching those watching the episode twice today. Like I picked up more that I I had missed little things and. Like, there's so many people running around the sword camp and everything. But when um, Kat Denning's character shows up and she's walking through, you see the director of sword there, like, talking to people, like, standing out kind of in the in the rain, in the cold, making sure people are doing stuff. And, and it's like, oh, I caught that that second time. Like, there's definitely little things that you catch because you've already you've already seen it so you're looking for more of the details and that's kind of what i really like about this is those little details 
yeah, it's it's a well layered show, and I'm also excited to go back to it uh, once things have wrapped up because I want to see what other stuff was there, maybe in the background that I missed or something someone said that at that time was just like a throwaway throwaway line. Like, but now knowing, oh, like with eight other episodes after seeing that now I now I know what that means and holy crap it was there in front of me the whole time I never would have known and if you notice yes I I do have another little big thing right in front of me now because it's so oh, good nice. <laughs> it was really good I, I, I wish I'd actually grabbed more of it I, I um, <clears throat> it's definitely just for the percentage yeah uh, it's a great just like hey, sit down you could have two of those it's all you need uh, even just having the one which I drank fairly quickly like I'm not feeling it yeah I definitely uh, I'm definitely looking forward to opening another beer for myself but, yeah, yeah I think uh, we're approaching probably the end of this one unless you have any final thoughts you want to kick out there about one division and where where do you hope maybe it goes or you know just for, like <laughs> For the show itself, but maybe like what else it's going to do for the Marvel universe, like movies wise or TV wise. I kind of hope that there's something more going on, or Wanda's being more controlled than it is just like oh she's every episode is her going through this thing of grief and blah blah you know like that kind of thing. Like I want something a little more overarching and like getting to see. Uh, Vision again, dead. Um, yeah, that was that was uh, like... that was the holy uh, holy crap moment that I texted you about. Like, because I was like, yeah, yeah, and like I liked that, which means is she just manipulating his dead body the whole time, yeah. and everyone's <clears throat> just seeing that kind of glamour she's put over it, um, or is it just? I don't know real world yeah, again like real world slipping in because she had Monica Rambo and she slipped out of that so then she saw Vision as he was and then her facade came back over it like there's so much there's so many questions to ask and I don't have enough people in my life to really sit down and be able to talk to this about only because you and I talk a couple times through text or when we do the podcast we have our little breaks or this or that where we talk about stuff but there's nobody nobody else in my current life right now that i talk to all the time that gets or knows comic history and stuff that we do where we could actually have a good conversation about it like i said i got a i got a, a 19 year old i'm talking to who's seen all the movies but he's never seen a rerun of Bewitched before. See, the Honeymooners was great because you could threaten your <laughs> wife in the 50s. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, it just... That's the one thing I, I'm missing out of this is, is we just need to... Ha- you and I just need to have phone calls and and sit and maybe like a three-way chat with Paul about <coughs> each episode yeah, it's, uh, when they're over. It's fantastic. Um Seeing the care that they're putting into something like WandaVision, which I'm sure is going to be one of the strangest of the Marvel Cinematic, you know, Disney Plus shows that we're getting, um, still gives me hope for everything else that they have coming out, whether it's something like Falcon and the Winter Soldier that we're going to get in March, or 
Loki a little bit further down the road, or even the stuff that we know very little about right now, like Miss Marvel, Moon Knight, She-Hulk. I think this bodes well for all of those shows, especially since the people that have given it a chance after watching like those first two episodes are like, no, there's there's something here. I want to know more. Um, I've heard nothing but positive stuff from people that I know that have actually sat down to watch it. I know reviews online have been a little bit more hit or miss, but it seems like people just kind of made up their minds after dipping that toe in, and I think this show is definitely going to be something that rewards your viewership. Uh, and just that Marvel fandom that brought you to it in the first place. Agreed. So, hey. Oh, you want, you want to do the wrap-up? No, no, okay. no, you go. Okay, okay, okay. Get the closing out. You can, you can email us over at bangboardcast at gmail.com. Let us know your thoughts. Um, if you haven't already... Subscribe to the show. Uh, that helps us out, get some numbers out there. The podcast does surprisingly well, but I'd like it to do better. Um, follow us over on any of those social media things, the Twitter, the Instagrams, the Facebooks, run all of them. Uh, but mostly, just watch what you like. 